0: This is Macro Horizons Morning Musings. I'm Ian Lingen, here to bring you our thoughts from the trading desk for Wednesday, June 3rd. Welcome to BMO COVID 19 Insights. Visit BMOCM.com/slash COVID-19 for more up-to-the-minute insights.
1: The views expressed here are those of the participants and not those of BMO Capital Markets, its affiliates, or subsidiaries.
0: It's ADP Wednesday, and so the market will be focused on the update on the labor market, particularly ahead of Friday's non-farm payrolls report. That being said, the market is positioned for another dismal print on Friday with the consensus at negative 9 million jobs, so we're not anticipating a great deal of response to this morning's round of economic data. The 5-30s curve has broken through the March 19th peak now at levels not seen since February 2017. We were on board with the continuation of the trend and note that the 120 to 150 basis point range was well-traveled during 2015 and 2016. 530s were as steep as 310 basis points in 2010. The rationale for the steepening this round isn't the same as it was three years ago, and the distinction is worth highlighting the last time the curve was this steep investors were anticipating a series of pro-business changes by the new trump administration which would ignite reflationary pressures and investors would require greater yield pickup to venture further out the curve while some of that ultimately came to fruition via corporate tax cuts and policy changes the true demand-driven consumer price pressure remained largely elusive even despite the fed's best efforts the underlying motivations to today's re-steepening of the curve is only partially attributable to any inflationary ambitions. After all, the five-year, five-year forward break-even level is at just 140 basis points, off of March's low, but nowhere near the levels that one would associate with normal inflationary worries leading to a steeper curve. Such pressures will eventually emerge, albeit not until much later in the cycle. For the time being, the front end, twos through fives, have benefited from the prospects for firmer forward guidance from the Fed and the notion that yield curve control is, in fact, a tool at policymakers' disposal, even if it's unlikely to be used for several quarters. Layer in the realities of ballooning long-end issuance, which now includes 20s for the first time since 1986, and an extension of the price action quickly becomes the path of least resistance. The heavy corporate issuance calendar also aided in the move, particularly this week. Sure, there'll be moments of consolidation and opportunities for tactical flatteners. However, the journey toward a more material repricing is now firmly underway. Pushing through March levels isn't limited to 530s, as we see the overnight peak in the S&P 500 futures at 3095. The 3136.7 cash level from March 3rd now quickly comes into focus a break of which would completely erase the pandemic's damage to the domestic equity market inflicted since late February. While stocks are still down year to date, except for the NASDAQ, and have some distance to travel yet before flirting with the all-time highs, the fact that any of this is even on the radar given the economic realities associated with the pandemic is very telling. We long ago abandoned our bewilderment by the bid for risk assets and are content to anticipate further upside for the time being. There is, of course, a school of thought, one that's growing in popularity, that holds a day of reckoning is looming for domestic equities, as well as broader risk assets. There's little doubt that stocks will eventually go down given present valuations. It's less obvious, however, that such a move will be a semi-permanent repricing, which leaves the S&P 500 anywhere close to the levels seen in March. Our logic here is relatively straightforward. Investors understand that a second wave of COVID-19 will undoubtedly emerge once the economy is fully functioning again and the transition to the new normal is complete. This much is priced in. Although what's not reflected in risk assets is another extended lockdown, which results in more than 30 million job losses. Such an eventuality is the biggest risk to equity valuations at the moment. Having just come off an especially weak earnings quarter, with presumably more to come, we're open to the concern that a great deal of optimism that earnings will bounce back is currently priced in. In the event firms struggle to reclaim what was lost in the first half during the second half of the year, this could also warrant downward pressure on the major equity indexes. Aside from those two scenarios, the inability of civil unrest, the Hong Kong situation, massive global recession, and of course the pandemic, to derail stocks' outperformance is very telling. Recall that during the last financial crisis, following a repricing or two, domestic equities steadily ground back to establish new highs. Perhaps the market's memory is longer than we think. And with that, this is Ian Lingen signing off. Be safe, tune in, and stop out. Thanks for listening to Macro Horizons. Please visit us at bmocm.com backslash macrohorizons. We'd love to hear what you thought of today's episode. So please email me directly with any feedback at ian.lingan at bmo.com. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. For more insights, visit bmocm.com. Slash COVID nineteen.
1: This podcast has been prepared with the assistance of employees of Bank of Montreal, BMO Nesbit Burns Inc. and BMO Capital Markets Corporation. Together, BMO. Moreover, BMO's trading desks may have acted on the basis of the information in this podcast. For full legal disclosure, please visit bmocm.com legal. To access our full disclosures for equity research reports, please visit researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com slash public disclosure